Welcome to the Working Moms Podcast, featuring inspiring stories and resources for the modern working mom. I'm your host, estate planning attorney, investor, and pregnant mama-to-be, Pam Moss. All right. Uh, today's guests are Tara and Mikey, owners and co-founders of the Huga Birth and Baby. It's a full circle birth center in Colorado. And if you didn't check out their last episode, they talked all about the birth center, their journey. And in this episode, we are going to be focusing on the fourth trimester. Welcome back. Thank you for being here. Thanks for being here. So for folks who are listening, what, how do you really kind of define the fourth trimester? What is that kind of terminology? Yes. Yes. So obviously we know about the three trimesters that a woman has, but really the fourth trimester is when baby's out and we're learning how to handle this new little human that we have in our lives. And we're also going through the big transformation that has happened to us as moms. Not only now are we defined as being a mom, but we are also going through a huge, huge physical transformation. And so it's the time period that as after baby's born, and really, it can vary on how long it goes. We like to say it's up till when baby's at least six months um, because there's so much change that happens. So it's that period of change when you're learning how to be moms, we're learning about this new human. And this baby that's born is still really, really tiny and still really, really dependent on every single thing from us. Um, because if we were built any different, we'd still be cooking the baby. Um, but we're not. We can't We can't carry a baby past three trimesters. So um, that really is what the work really is. And kind of at the birth center, are you giving education around the fourth trimester? How are you preparing women for the fourth trimester? Yes. So in a lot yeah. of so in, in traditional, traditional we practice and additional care, we're not seen as moms until six weeks after delivery. And inside the birth center, we see women usually about five times before four weeks. So we want to make sure that people understand and that we are there when things happen or when all of a sudden you're like, what is this? All of a sudden I, I just so sad or all of a sudden this is a lot harder than what I imagined. Great. Let's talk about it. Let's come in here. Let's wrap, let's support you in that. Let's make you feel like you have a trial that you do and let's help you get through this. If you really want to provide women with the support that they need because if something's going to happen and rear its head which it will you know where we you know or whatever it may be it's going to happen before six weeks and we want to make sure that there's something that that does happen so we are really prepared for the best successful journey into this next year. And I would say for families say for out there that may not have chosen the birth center route, one of the things that I would say to be very mindful of is around three weeks. So what the evidence-based medicine says that around three weeks is when kind of like postpartum depression sets in, whether it's baby blues or very extreme. So if around three weeks you're starting to feel a certain way or your spouse is noticing something, that's a time when you should reach out. At the birth center, it automatically happens because we have that three-week visit. And a lot of what we cover in that is your mental health. Because mentally and physically, as Mikey mentioned, it's a huge shift. And you're doing it with very little sleep. 
right? So, right. so imagine, imagine being tired being and then having all these new responsibilities and new mental hurdles and things to go through. So that three week visit is really key at the birth center. And so for those families out there that choose a different route, please pay attention to that three week time. I would say that's really important in that fourth trimester would be one of the most important things. Um, and so we do a lot of that. And obviously have a ton of resources for um, women who either need to do talk therapy or need to take medication. Um, it's a real thing and a lot of times we are taught as women that we should stiff up her lip and this is supposed to be the most amazing time of your life and if you feel anything different from that you're failing and a lot of us are pretty dynamic and strong women and even the best of us can get taken under by that and so mother's guilt is a real thing and you don't realize it until that baby's earth side and you're at home and so we really try to work with families on your normal is normal and let's get you feeling good in your normal. You don't have to be like Mikey. You don't have to be like Tara. You don't have to be like what your mom did or what your sister did. Like this is your unique experience. And, um, and everything you're doing is within the realm of normal. And we want to help people feel really good about that. I love that. And what was kind of your fourth trimesters? Like, I guess, <laughs> when, like, what are some lessons that you've learned through your own experiences and maybe through helping other people through it? Yeah, yeah. I'll let my most recently had a fourth trimester. And while that happens, I'll think back. Yeah, yeah. So I think I was going to say, you know, I, I have three children, a five year old, and a 16 month old. And when I was, um, I had the boys. I was so there, I had the traditional FMLA time. You had your twelve weeks, and that's what you did. And you knew you had to go back as soon as you were done. And it was, it was you no. Know, I felt like I had this short time frame that I had to get it all together because I knew I was going to have to leave him, and I was going to either have to leave him with a nanny or I was going to have to leave him with this person. And I was trying to figure out so many things. So I remember feeling very overwhelmed with the decisions I had to make in such a short time period when I didn't even have the opportunity to know who this Chase was. Like, who was this guy? And right when he was getting fun and I was like, oh my gosh, you're a person, you're smiling at me. You know who I am. I'm not just a milk truck. Um, is when I had to leave him for eight hours to go to work. And then I had to figure out pumping and things like that. So, I mean, that was, a. I remember enjoying it but being so stressed out and trying to still be in the moment because I had this looming moment coming back where I had to know I had to go back to work and I had to have it in my mind put together. I had to have the perfect solution. Um, so that was really hard. Um, and I remember being in that and just being like, what am I doing? Like mom, mom's guilt. Like mm -hmm. I shouldn't be leaving him. Like I should be a working mom. I stay at home mom, which, you know, um, that is work in itself. But, you know, like I, I just was second guessing myself all over the place. And then you live and learn. And, you know, I had Luke and that was a different experience where I felt more confident in what my decision was to go back to work because we had, a, we were fortunate enough to have a nanny then now in the home that we felt very comfortable with. So that felt better to me, but it was hard still because you're now dividing your time, right? Where I felt like, oh my gosh, I got to look at this person. I got to take care of him, but I still have a two and a half year old I'm chasing around. So then you feel pulled in that direction. Um, and then, you know, with Tori, I had the moment where we now own my own business. So we, I'm able to not have to go back and leave her, but it was trying to reprogram my mind about getting around. Okay. This is my last time to do all this. So really trying to cherish it 
But then having, I remember around Easter weekend, I had a massive breakdown because she had a temperature and I had in my head that, you know, I had been told by a pediatrician that, you know, watch for temperatures. And I had this massive breakdown, I remember. And um, because it was still hard. And so it doesn't matter if you have one baby or three or four or five, every moment is you go through this period where you're like, this is an aha, this is a big change. Mm -hmm. And um, so I think it's living and learning, but showing a lot of grace. And if I could go back and talk to my self after Chase and Luke, I'd say, give yourself some grace. You're doing an awesome job and you'll figure it out. And what Tara said earlier is whatever solution you come up with is the right solution. Because at the end of the day, you know, my babies, like I'm their mom and they're my guy and they're, and they're just, they don't know any other mom. Right. So whatever I'm doing for them is enough. And I wish I could tell myself that. Yeah. And you had to similar. Yeah. I would say my, my, with my first, I really wanted to come home. I mean, I worked a ton and I really wanted to come home and I got the opportunity to go back after FMLA. I went back for one month and I was very, very, very torn because I'd worked my whole life for this career. Um, but at the same time, I felt very strongly about wanting to be at home with my kids. So we spent a lot of time that year I was pregnant financially figuring out how do we go from a double income home to a single income home, which has its own challenges, right? Um, and I got the opportunity to go back for a month that I wanted to be at home. I would say that fourth trimester for me was when I felt everything else and I kind of wanted to, it's my personality, I wanted to control it all. And that was the best thing. Um, it was mentally tough. And the next time around, I told myself, I will take the help. I will allow my mother to come and stay with me, even if it was just to watch my youngest one while I could pay attention to this baby. Um, but in my, my second, fourth trimester with my second child, I did experience postpartum depression. And so it was mild. It was just one of those. I didn't want to hurt anybody. I didn't want to hurt the baby. But I just felt... I just wasn't happy, right? And my doctor had to convince me that, okay, let's just try, you know, low dose of medication for a little while. And it was a game changer. It took a couple of weeks. That's the other thing. It takes a couple of weeks sometimes for these medications to kick in. So the earlier you catch it, the better. Um, so if you go in at six weeks and you're already feeling this way, you've got another three weeks to really fit two or three weeks to feel that way, depending on the medication. So I would say that was a big eye opener because I felt very hesitant and it felt, I had that feeling of why am I not happy. I have two beautiful daughters. They're perfectly fine. Everybody's healthy. I had support this time and I'm just, you know, so that was my fourth trimester having that experience and just listening and doing it and taking the medication. I felt so much better. And, um, it just, I didn't have to be on it forever. I took it long enough to get over that little hump and get back into a new normal. Um, there's just, like I said, every single birth is different. I love that. And there was a few different tips that kind of came up. You know, one is, you know, you can't do it all, right? So I think we we put so much pressure on ourselves to do it all. And so really reaching out to your team, having that support team. And I know I just did one of my prenatal visits and they're like, okay, what's your like postnatal like support plan? I'm like, what? Well, I have to have a plan of who's going to help me. Like, oh, I guess I should be thinking about that. Um, And so um, I love hearing, it sounds like that evolution you went through of like, okay, I do need help because so many times we feel guilty about asking for help and for taking it. Um, 
So yeah, another, sorry, I'll tell you one other thing that happens if you have multiple children. The first one, it feels like everybody, all hands on deck, right? Partners in it, your diaper changing together. We're trying to do all these things, right? So baby number two comes, they barely come to the appointment. They don't take paternity leave or, you know, whatever the leave is called these days. They're back at work after two weeks and you're kind of just, you know, on your own. So there are different stages, right? Yeah. And I think too, I think too you know, we, we are programmed like to say like, I've got this. And if we're asking for help for something, we're perceiving that we're not doing it right. Or it's perceived that we can't handle it. And so for any mamas out there, in this crazy time of world that we're living in right now, I know it's hard to bring it into the bubble, but if someone's asking if what they can do, the answer is yes. Yeah. And not only just yes, but an intentional yes. So if it's, can I make you a meal? Yes. But ask them to make you something that you'll actually eat. Yeah. Because if they show up with just another frozen lasagna and you're not going to eat it, it does you no good. Right. Um, so tell them, yes, but we really love X or this is what we eat. Or we like to tell our families like to say, if someone says, can I come over? Yes. But do you mind doing some laundry? Um, or, you know, give people a chore, um, or even if you're like, Hey, and it's someone that you trust and they're in your, your COVID quarantine bubble. Um, Hey, can you hold the baby while I go nap or shower or shower? Yes. Showering. Showering is a great thing to do postpartum. Like it's really, (laughs) it gets tazy around like day eight or nine. If you've bathed or not, like you you can't remember anymore, you know? So yes, take those yeses and allow people to help you because shocker, people want to, and people want to hold a newborn baby and people are there and it's not showing weakness. It will only make you stronger because it'll make you a better partner. It'll make you a better person as a mom and it'll allow you mentally to feel more like yourself. So it will help everybody. So the answer is yes. Everybody needs yes therapy. Um, And then as you get out of the fourth trimester, you can learn no therapy. But yes, therapy (laughs) is important for the postpartum period. And just take that time. Yeah, take that time. And really bond. You know, we like to just tell our, you know, people like go up and, you know, be naked and nurse or bond or however that looks like and feels like to you. Just be. Don't feel like you have to be in and have people over. And, you know, thankfully, the way we are right now is people shouldn't be all coming over and, and jumping in on the new family. So, take that time, take that space. And it's okay to be selfish in the sense of saying, this is my time and this is what I need. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to say yes to the help and just be graceful to yourself Mm -hmm. and make sure you do something. Um, And one of our midwives, she likes to say, um, get sun, take a shower and do something special for yourself to practice the three S's. So try to do that every day or at least a couple times a day. A couple times a week. week. Yeah. Yeah. Get some sun, get a shower and do something special. I love that. Um, What are your thoughts? I know you kind of have done both, right? So you've been in the corporate world with a newborn and then you've now at least been in, you know, as a business owner with a newborn. and. What is your advice find, kind of for both of those periods, both of those chapters, as far as not losing yourself, not losing your, your identity um, for those people who want to continue to work, right? And, and not feel selfish about doing that. What is some of your kind of takeaways there? Well, I think the number one goes back to have confidence in your choice. Your choice is your choice. And 
And if you decide to go back and write, and that's what you want to do deep inside, or that's what you need to do in that moment, own it and be in that. Because the worst thing you can do is second guess yourself constantly, because it's not going to allow you to pick a path. Mm-hmm. And it's going to just constantly pull you in two directions. It's going to be crazy. So if you want to go back, or that's something you need to be doing for your family at that time, then be in it and do it and know that that's the right choice for you in that time. Don't have anybody make you think any different of that because at the end of the day, it's your choice. Mm -hmm. I will also say advocate for yourself about getting pumping breaks um, if you're a nursing mom, because that is the law (laughs) that you have to have a a place to go nurse and be able to feel um, or to pump that you can feel safe and secure. and, And it does not be a chair, toilet, and a toilet stair, or a it's chair in the wind's bathroom. Yeah, chair in the wind's <laughs> bathroom does not count. Yeah. Um, so if that doesn't exist for your company, advocate for that. And then I think it also starts at the bond where we have women in leadership roles at companies. If you're a woman in a leadership role, advocate for policies that support working moms and get those policies in place and be the one to empower all of the female Um, workforce that you have in your company and be the one to say this is what we need we need longer maternity leaves we need to be able to allow maybe newer newer moms to have some working from home days we need to have a a proper pumping station like be that advocate too um, because once you experience it you'll know and we the more we have as women leaders the more people will feel that this needs to be something we change and we need to support and wrap our arms around working parents yeah so just know own your choice um reach out to a lactation consultant if you are a pumping mom and allow them to help you kind of figure out a pumping schedule because there's ways that you can formulate it around the, around your schedule. I remember after my first son, like I had to fly to Chicago and I went in and tried to find some outfit that I could still pump in. And I pumped that day. It was a day there and back day because I had a four month old. I pumped in a taxi. I pumped like I had to leave meetings. I pumped on a plane. I did everything, but um, just work with a lactation consultant to figure out what's going to work for you. So then you don't have that stress of, um, kind of like, how is this all going to work? And two, if you are going to be going back and work to work and you are, um, a nursing mom, then kind of try to pump and prep that freezer. So try to stockpile some of that milk. So then you don't feel as you're getting closer and closer to going back, this pressure of being like, I don't have enough milk Yeah. because even if you have a freezer full of milk, I know you will feel this way. <laughs> Um, so just try to stockpile as much as you can. Um, and again, reach out and lactation consultants are fabulous at helping kind of figure out because that's one of the big things that really affects, um, moms when they go back is if they are still trained to nurse and what that looks like and feels like. Um, and then I'd say, you know, from, from owning the business and basically, you know, staying at home is that that's been different in trying to balance the work-life balance with not having help at home because we still have the demands of the business and Tori still has her own demands. Um, and when COVID was happening, all three kids are home. Um, and there's no nanny. And there's no nanny. Because yeah. you own your own business. <laughs> yeah. You don't have the yeah. corporate salary when you own your own business. <laughs> right. um, so I think then that too is just showing grace that you can't do everything all at once and find times and rhythms that work for you that allow you to keep your sanity and know that that schedule is not for everybody, but that's what works for you. Um, and so I've got trying to figure it out to try to work when Tori's napping because I know now that I can't multitask because it drives me crazy. And at the end of the day, I'm so mentally fatigued because I've tried to do everything. I never did anything or focus on anything and I didn't get anything done. And then I just feel mentally scooped because 
I feel like I didn't accomplish anything. So carving out times for you, either if it's for work or carving out times for you to exercise or do something is vitally important. So either way, I think, um, but having confidence in whatever your choice was and knowing that that was your choice. Um, I would, the only things that I would add to that are if you are fortunate enough and it is fortunate enough to be able to stay home with your child and you are your new baby and you're struggling between going back to work. Like I struggled that first year. Like I, um, and I, the advice I got, which was really great advice is it will become clear to you when baby is born, what it is, the path that you want to pick. If you're fortunate enough to have those choices, Right. If you aren't and you have to go back to work and it just hurts you so much to leave your baby, just know that there are so many human beings out there that did not have stay-at-home moms who are hugely successful, are fine, developmentally, sometimes they could even be better because they've been socialized earlier. You never know. But if you have to go back and that hurts you to do that, just know in your heart of hearts that it happens every single day. And there are many, not just functioning, but well-adjusted kids that don't have a stay-at-home mom. And the opposite of that is if you do decide to stay home, you know, honor that, take that, and really stay present in that because what happens is you'll get the reverse of how could you give up your career? Why would you do that? It's going to be so hard to get back in. And I took six years off and was able to get back into corporate America and then eventually start my own business. But just know that whatever choice you make, you're going to hear the opposite. Um, but you will know. And if you have the luxury of being at home or working, when baby comes, it'll become clearer and give yourself that time to make that decision. I love and that. Always, I love that. What I say is if you pick something, you pick a path, don't be afraid to course correct. Right? So if you do pick a path or a nanny, right? And you're so scared about this nanny. If your gut is telling you something's not right, of course correct. You don't have to stay committed to something because you chose that. You can course correct. That's what it's all about. No. I love that. And I think that we put so much pressure on ourselves to kind of know the answer or to know what to do. And I think even for me in my own situation, I've had so much anxiety around it because you just don't know. Like it's, and so I love the idea of like, okay, like I'm going to, it's figure outable. I'm going to decide when the time comes. Um, one of the things that you mentioned was kind of lactation consultants And, um, you know, we talked on the last episode about birth stories and bad birth stories. I think the other thing I've gotten a lot of is bad breastfeeding stories. I think that's the other, like the number two category. Um, and so when, like when you are kind of, when you're pregnant and, you know, I went through the lactation classes, so I'm like, okay, but when, when is the right time to bring on a lactation consultant? How long should you try yourself? Like when, what point is a lactation consultant a good choice to, to be making? Well, I think, you know, breastfeeding should not hurt. So if it's a painful experience from the beginning, reach out for help because that is a really quick correction that can be made. Well, I think, you know, breastfeeding is really frustrating and it can be really those things that early on in motherhood you feel like we're failing. Because, you know, everyone's telling you, oh, if you don't nurture this and don't do this and don't do this and don't do that and you're supposed to be loving it and how could you, you know, so it's one of those things that very often that we feel is either going right or wrong. And so I say, ask for help, ask for help often. There's so many free breastfeeding support groups out there. There's a ton of them in the Denver area and I know nationally there are as well. So 
reach out, you know, find a free support group. Um, most of them are being online right now, but find one and just say, hey, this is what's going on. And then if they think that they may need to see in person, then you can find one and book one and come to your home or you can go to as well. So I say ask for questions and ask for help early because why avoid frustration? And one of the biggest reasons that people stop the because of frustration early. And it's usually something that can be fixed really quickly, and everybody, everybody's seeing So ask for help, and then keep at it. Early frustrations are what's under the And it's okay if it's give yourself the grace to say, "This didn't work for me. I'm gonna. I need to go to a bottle because that's what needs to happen for your baby. A fed baby is best always. Yeah, and I will say too that there are several persons that make it. Um, difficult to breastfeed, like physically, like I didn't produce nothing. I was a once an ounce an hour and I did it all. I pumped, I tried to do all types of things. And again, that goes back to that. That's just my issue. But you feel like you're failing. And I would say if your body doesn't work, it's okay. Again, there are millions upon millions upon millions of people that have survived on some sort of alternative milk. We certainly advocate for breast milk because we do think that there are so many benefits to it. However, like Mikey said, a fed baby is a better baby than a not fed baby, right? And um, so give yourself some grace around actually not being able to. That could be a possibility and um, it's okay. You'll survive. I was a formula baby. You were a formula baby and we're living and we're in relatively good health and we've all had really great careers and so it's not the end of the world. Um, and so just, again, whatever has to go on for you is what has to go on for you and don't let people get in your head. Yeah. And the one thing that I'll add to that is a lot of people don't realize this, but, um, if you still wants to feed your baby breast milk, there is donor milk available. You do not have to go online. It doesn't have to be this dark web of finding breast milk. Um, our facility in a living center in Colorado, um, and you can find it anywhere, have donor milk available that's been processed, that's been drug tested, that's been cleaned, um, that you can purchase, that if you still want to provide So there's options out there. Um, so I don't feel like the pigeon told one thing. That's great. Um, one of the things that you mentioned on our last episode that I just wanted to kind of circle back to is one of the things that's unique about your birth center that I've come across is that you do offer kind of that holistic care. And I am one of those people who is going all around town in COVID, getting chiropractic, getting PT, getting acupuncture. And so um, I'd love to hear a little bit more about kind of how that's been working. Um, and if you continue to offer that for kind of the fourth trimester as well, do people still get access to those services? Um, and how does that all work? Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because one of the things I did want to circle back to say is that we are um, a full social birth center. However, we can like to service families that don't want to birth in the birth center. So you classes, you can come see our acupuncture and massage therapist. So we do, we, you can come do other things with us if you want to have a one place to go, right? Lactation, all of that. Right now, the way that we have a resident chiropractor, she's scheduled on days that we have clinics. So we love when we can coordinate a prenatal appointment with your chiropractic appointment, if that's what you want to do. 
Um, we do massage. We do it on demand. So if you want a massage, um, we schedule that for you. Uh, in the next couple of weeks, we'll change. We'll have a resident massage therapist and we'll have set days uh, with that person and do the same type of coordinating, right? Because um, we love for you just have to go one time. We're not having to come back a bunch of times. Um, and then acupuncture right now is on, on demand as well. So if you want to have acupuncture, we will schedule that for you. Um, uh, on a on as needed basis. Yes. All of those services are available, available prenatal, during your pregnancy, and postnatal. Or pre, I say preconception. Yeah, and really, um, getting those getting after baby is vitally important. Sometimes we think where we like take great care of ourselves or we're pregnant, and then once the baby's all of a sudden, like throw ourselves to the wind and don't get our appointments for ourselves. Take care of yourself, get those appointments. If you're getting chiropractic treatments now, remember after baby appointments, they're still mobile. We still don't have our full body back, you know? And so getting adjusted after birth is vitally important. so much better and really get yourself lined up and on the path to start healing much faster. And acupuncture can help with milk production. It can help with, you know, ailments after birth. Um, you know, if you have sciatic pain or if you have hip pain, um, or if you have pain from being from girl, like help with all of that. So fundal massage. Yeah, fundal massage. So just, just, you know, snow that stuff that can change And that's really, really hard for myself here is I'm curious and get those treatments that are available and um, available to you because it's I love that. Well, thank you so much for being on today. Before we yeah, sign yeah. off, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? Uh, they can reach our website at hygge.com. That's H-Y-G-G-E birthand.com. They can reach us at info at hygge.com or our phone number is 720-464-7599. Thank you. And I'll include that in the show notes. Thank you so much, ladies. Yes. Thanks. And all you mamas out there, soon to be mamas, congratulations. You've got this. You can do it. No matter what you choose, you've got it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, mama. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Head over to my website, www.findpam.com for all the show notes and links. And you will also get access to my free legal tool to name legal guardians. It's all right there at findpam.com.